The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to First Bite, our Detroit Lions preview podcast. It is week five. It is Carolina Panthers week. Yes, we're facing that team that caused so many emotional scars last year. Uh, My name is Jeremy Reisman. I'm the producer over at Pride of Detroit. You can find me at Detroit Online. With me as always to help break down this Lions upcoming game is Senior editor of Detroit uh, of not the Detroit Lions, senior editor of pride of Detroit. We'll get there. Maybe you never know. Uh, you can find him at Ryan underscore POD on Twitter. Ryan Matthews is here. How we doing, buddy? Dream big kids. Uh, right. You know, you shoot for the moon, you might land on a star. Uh, but yeah, exciting week, Jeremy. I mean, we talked about revenge week a couple weeks ago. Hopefully this one goes a little bit more decidedly, I guess I'll say. Sure. I mean, just better, a lot better. Ideally. Yeah. All those things. (laughs) Well, to help us get to know these Carolina Panthers, this Carolina Panthers team, which is actually, I I suspect, not at all like last year's uh, Carolina Panthers. Uh, Alex Zetlow, the uh, Panthers beat writer for the Charlotte Observer at Zetlow, Alex Zetlow 05 on Twitter. Alex, thanks for joining us, man. What's up, guys? Thanks. I'm happy to be here. Um, let's start right there. And and we like to start this with the Panthers offense, the opponent's offense versus Lions defense. Um, as I mentioned, a very, uh, scarful game last year with, with the Panthers racking up 300 plus rushing yards. Uh, but they change everything this year. They change head coach. They change offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. They, they almost nab Ben Johnson from the Lions. Um, but, but they go with Frank Reich. And so what, what is this offensive identity under him and how, how different is it from last year? Well, firstly, I didn't know that it weighed so heavily it, this past it, game on it sure the Detroit Lions fan base, <laughs> um, which is probably, I mean, the fact that you guys feel that way probably means that the team feels a certain sort of way about that game as well. Yeah. Um, but I'm here to tell you, rest assured, this team is nothing like that. In fact, the Panthers have really struggled on the run. It, it is interesting when I was going through, uh, when I was going through my own scouting report of the Detroit Lions this week, the Lions have the best rush defense in the NFL and they have, what is it? A top five or a top 10 rush offense in the NFL. Yeah, There is no chance, no conceivable chance that the Panthers will outrun the Lions um, in week five. And I'm, uh, and I say that for a variety of reasons, like you said, this is a completely different offense. The Frank Reich philosophy is pretty balanced. Um, honestly, the commitment to the, to establishing the run 
can kind of be overbearing at times. Like for instance, last week against the Vikings, the Panthers ran the ball 31 times. They threw the ball 32 times, but so that's pretty balanced. And you think that that's a good thing. Well, in those 31 runs, they notched 83 yards mm-hmm. on the ground, which is like, which is nothing like that Steve Wilkes team did a year ago. Um, in fact, late in the fourth quarter, the Panthers were still trying to establish the run. The It was like six minutes left. The Panthers were driving. They needed eight points to um, tie the game. And they ran the ball into the line one time and Bank of America Stadium started booing. So I think I like this is not a running team anymore. Uh, obviously, they've invested a lot in their past game this past offseason. They traded a whole bunch of assets away to get that number one pick to get Bryce Young. Um, and so they have their quarterback. They also got a lot of new receivers and Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, as you guys know quite well, mm-hmm. Jonathan Mingo. Um, but they are still trying to figure out what to do with all these pieces. They're kind of melding to the defenses that they're facing. Like for instance, last week, the Vikings ran a lot of blitzes. Like they did a lot of like, let's show blitz, let's do this. Um, and that meant a lot of screen passes that meant a lot of quick throws for Bryce Young, not a lot of deep passes, which a lot of the Panthers fan base is clamoring about. I am kind of rambling here, but to answer your ultimate question, this is not the team that had Dan Campbell marching up to midfield and saying that was an absolute ass kicking. <laughs> that will probably not happen this week. All right. Rest assured, Lions fans, you got it from Alex. Um, yeah, there. <laughs> let's uh, let, let's circle back to the Bryce Young talk. I know that that is something that I'm sure might even be a little bit exhausting at this point And you're only four games into the season. You know, uh, I, I think obviously not fair to come to any sweeping conclusions about a quarterback four games into their rookie season. But um, what's the level of concern so far with, with Bryce Young? And, the, and kind of like a interesting sidebar question in, in case you have any kind of further insight into it. But Walker Clement from Cat Scratch Reader, we did our five questions and he brought up the idea that, you know, this is the first time that maybe Bryce Young has dealt with adversity in terms of losing in his entire life. So how is he kind of handling that as a rookie? And and, and where do you see the good and the bad with Bryce Young through, through these four, first four games? Yeah, no, these are really interesting points. I'll first start off with um, if there's any concern about Bryce Young. In the building, there is no concern about the talent that Bryce has, about the, um, you know, the mindset that he has, the maturity that he has. Coaches rave about him. His teammates love him. Um, uh, with the media, he is like super buttoned up. He is saying all the right things. He is saying, Hey, we are going to figure this out, whatever. Um, and I think some of the concerns that fans have had, again, I like, you can only have the pulse of a fan base so much, um, when you're, um, on the beat every day, but I think also the fans, any sort of concern that they have for Bryce Young is really about the entire offense and not about Bryce Young. Of course, a lot of people say, oh, man, he already has been injured through four weeks. He's, he missed a game with the injured ankle. And one of his questions coming into the NFL was his durability, was his size. I don't think that those are legitimate concerns. Perhaps that's Alex Zetlow speaking, but I don't think that's a legitimate issue at the moment. Um, uh, uh, but when it comes to what Bryce can bring to the table, he 
can he has been very quick to adapt to the NFL offense. He can make reads really quickly. He is already making a whole bunch of adjustments at the line of scrimmage, which is not something you see from a rookie quarterback a ton. He's actually also insanely accurate when he does get a window to throw through. I, I saw this stat after week two, when he has a window to throw through, he can, he's like among the most accurate passers in the NFL. He completed 80% of his passes through the first two weeks when he had a window. Of course, what does have a window mean? That basically just means that the offensive line has a scheme to break open so he doesn't have to throw over people. Um, and of course, throwing over people is an issue because he's only 5'11". Um, and so, yeah, but he doesn't have like one of the things that scarred a lot of Panthers fans last year was Baker Mayfield getting everything batted at the line of scrimmage. He hasn't had one batted ball at the line of scrimmage. Um, he, and as I said, he's quite accurate. He completed 18 consecutive passes, uh, which is a franchise franchise record last week. Um, a lot of that was some dip and dunk stuff, but that was still like showing like, Hey, this kid's got it. So the the difficulty right now is Bryce hasn't proven that he can throw the ball down the field effectively. Um, but when it comes to this Panthers offense at the moment, they are like a strategical surgical. If we're going to score, we're going to score an 18 plays type of team. Um, so I hope that answers your question. I think it does, but basically, but basically I don't think the concern is with Bryce Young. I think it's with the offense as a whole. That's interesting because yeah, when you're when you're doing these kind of long methodical drives, it requires almost perfection, right? Like one yeah. negative play, one penalty puts you way behind the sticks. And and is that is that what the issue is with this offense? Because I mean, we we did that five questions with with the Panthers blog, and they said this was a what was the word a a kindergarten offense. Oh yeah. my gosh! Yeah, no, the amount of synonyms that I've heard for vanilla, <laughs> for yeah. like like simple for whatever you have it, um, basic rudimentary, yeah. like that is what people have kind of equated this offense to, but exactly. You're right. Like if you got to put together 18 plays to go 80 yards, like the more plays you have, the more opportunities there are for mistakes. I mean, right. the Panthers were just pummeling down the field in the third quarter to go up two scores against the Vikings last week, or I guess a couple of days ago at this point. And then they, they get a false start penalty. They get backed up. They have to throw the ball. Bryce gets pressured, fumble, return for a touchdown. Game over, right. essentially. I mean, I mean, well, it wasn't actually game over because – but momentum had completely and finally, totally gone to the Vikings side. And so that, I think, is the epitome of the kind of shortcomings of this offense at this time. Um, and that's also one of the big knocks on Bryce at the moment. He's been turning the ball over a lot. He has as many interceptions as touchdowns at the moment. And that is not something that he was advertised to be doing out of Alabama. Well, uh, obviously you mentioned some of the sacks, some of the pressure, um, the offensive line seems like maybe the, the weakness of this offense. Um, where, where I guess are they struggling the most along that offensive line and uh, Austin Corbett um, returned to practice this week. Do you expect him to come off the pup completely and, and play this week? Or is that kind of still up in the air? You don't know yet. As far as Austin Corbett's concerned, the plan right now is so he practiced on Wednesday. They opened his 21 day practice window on Wednesday. And the, I, the goal right now is to get through the next two weeks 
to for his quote unquote training camp, get his body back up to speed. And then they'll reevaluate in the bye. The Panthers have their bye week, um, week seven. So that is the plan for Austin Corbett at the moment. He will not make his debut against Detroit. Um, when you talk about the offensive line, it's funny that you say the offensive line is the weakness of the team because five weeks ago, seven weeks ago, most people would have said the offensive line should be the strength mm. of the Panthers' just, uh, offense because they're the most senior unit. They have all these people coming back together. Iki Kwan, who was supposed to make his big sophomore jump, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, you know, uh, they had kind of relative depth. They really liked what they saw out of Cade Mays, and he was supposed to be this, like, backup guy. I don't mean to get in too much of the weeds. We don't have to talk about backup offensive linemen the entire podcast. <laughs> but, like, there was a, this was supposed to be – the unit like the the stalwart unit and uh they've fallen short they have underperformed um really the place where they've underperformed most is probably the middle of the offensive line the interior i the outside will get the most attention because you know when a sack comes it's going to be icky getting beat and also icky kwanu has struggled with not committing a false start penalty but when it comes to just like every down sort of thing, the interior offensive line has struggled, struggled getting any sort of pushes for this run game to get going, struggled to have Bryce Young give him the time in the room to step up into the pocket and like find those windows. Um, so this Detroit Lions uh, pass rush, this Detroit Lions defensive line will probably wreak a ton of havoc this week i i I've, honestly at this point i feel bad of the of the information i'm giving y'all because i'm not making this interesting like i really don't think the lions should lose this game i really, <laughs> I really don't i can tell you people enjoy hearing that though people like hearing that the lions okay. are going to do good because we're it, like i like i said before the show we're not really accustomed to hearing that sort of thing <laughs> from an opponent opposing uh beat writer but uh but yeah i mean it it does seem like this is a little bit of a mismatch in the trenches, right, Ryan? Like the Lions have the number one run defense. Their their pass rush is starting to come to be, and you're doing that against a Panthers team who susceptible to mistakes. It's going to be a really loud environment there in Ford Field, too. Seems like that that is the matchup that favors the Lions. I am curious, though, about the, the skill position players because the Lions are going to be a little, little beat up, it seems like, in the secondary um, they, they'll, they'll probably get Kirby Joseph back this week, but it sounds like Brian Branch is, is trending towards missing the game. So we know Adam Thielen. We we know DJ Chark. Who else uh, in this Panthers offense could could be a weapon that that could give Detroit some trouble this week? Well, I do think that we should dwell a little bit on DJ Chark. He hasn't really had this. He hasn't really had the breakout moment uh, yet this season. He was supposed to come in and be this deep threat for the Panthers and they have not thrown the ball deep. So we don't really know what he can do yet. He actually, they actually did call a deep shot for him last week and he drew a penalty, which was, which is still something, sure. uh, but that penalty, unfortunately in the Panthers is bad luck. Wasn't a defensive pass interference. It was an illegal contact for some reason. So it was only five yards, but DJ Chark is this guy who like if the Panthers are going to have any sort of vertical passing presence, it's going to flow through him. And so if DJ chart gets going, that is the one time where I'll allow you Lions fans to like, go like, Whoa, like have your hair stand up on the, on your neck or whatever. Um, so yes, uh, outside of Adam Thielen, who's more of a possession, 
receiver. Um, you got to know about Jonathan Mingo. He's a rookie, um, rookie out of the SEC, just like Bryce Young. He is kind of of the uh, A.J. Brown build. He's big. He's strong. He's tough. He was in concussion protocol last week, so he didn't play. He was inactive, but he is good to go this week. And um, and they actually also call some deep shots for him as well. They have, at least in the past. Um, but again, like if the if the Lions can get pressure on Bryce Young, it is going to be difficult for him to have time. The one thing I will say about Bryce, and he showed flashes of this about in the Minnesota game, he can improvise. That is one thing that he's kind of learning how to do. Or well, he he knew how to do, but he's kind of learning. Like, hey, this still works in the NFL level, so that might be interesting. Um, but beat up secondary or not, I don't. I, I'm not sure that um, you should be worried about the over the top speed, the over the top playmaking of the Panthers. Yeah, so I get Alex just to kind of put a bow on this in terms of their skill position players. You know, you look at uh, you know Bryce Young, and you're talking about the quick hit and throws. You know, not really taking too many shots downfield. I think his average depth of target is you know sub six. It's around like six yards or something like that. Um, yeah. So, how are the Panthers manufacturing? offense at all i guess is my question because you know old man adam thielen is bryce's favorite target is it hey you're doing your best michael thomas impression and you're running slants and i'm hitting you quick and seeing what you can do after the catch like who 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 are the panthers like finding reliable in terms of helping facilitate this offense for bryce as he you know kind of gets his feet wet in the nfl a lot of digs for adam thielen a lot of quick outs a lot of screen passes one one time or one way that the Panthers found some success is actually throwing the ball to the flat to LaVisca Chenault. He's another playmaker guy who you might've heard of, might not have. He can line up out of the backfield. He can line up in the slot. He has like something in him to where like he can break free for a player two. And they threw the ball to him a couple of times and he gained like chunk yards of eight um, every time he caught it. And, but how they're manufacturing offense it's difficult to say they rely a ton on their defense for um for field positioning their defense obviously also has a lot of playmaking in them sam franklin uh returned a 99 yard touchdown or took an interception 99 yards for a score last week um and that and that actually uh the defense actually outscored the offense last week so um there's not a ton to talk about with this <laughs> offense outside of Bryce Young is developing and Bryce Young does have something in him. Players have shown flashes of really good skill, really good explosiveness, but they haven't strung it together and they haven't yet like put together a play where it's like, okay, that's where, that's what the Panthers can do this year. We like, no one has seen the, no one has seen the, Oh my gosh moment yet. And that is not inspiring for a fan base. You need you need a oh my gosh moment. You know what I'm saying? Either you need an oh my gosh moment or you're going to bury a team for 300 yards and have the head coach come up and shake the hand and say, wow, that was an ass whooping. Like those are the two ways to win in the National Football League. And they haven't done that yet. Probably doesn't help much when CJ Stroud is also playing well for a fan base. Probably not good for their mental health. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But again, I think that people Different believe situation. in Bryce Young. Yeah, um, yeah. But but like you said, yeah, there. Our, our columnist actually wrote a story today, kind of comparing 
Bryce yeah. Young and the seasons of Bryce Young and CJ Stroud and Anthony Richardson. And that, that went over well. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> All right, let's take a break here. When we come back, we're going to flip the script. We're talking about the Lions offense against this Panthers defense. Maybe there's more hope for Carolina on that side of the ball. We will see when we come back here on First Bite. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. And we are back here on First Bite, previewing Lions-Panthers with the Charlotte Observer's Alex Zetlow. Uh, let's talk about the Lions offense versus Panthers defense. And I think if we're talking about the Panthers defense, we pretty much have to start with maybe their best player on both sides of the ball, Brian Burns. Um, how's he been doing so far this year? What makes him so good? Uh, is he someone that has to draw extra attention every time you're out there? I'll talk about Brian Burns in a second, but I just want the fans to know I took the pen out of my ear. <laughs> I want to be friendly. I come in. Peace. Okay. Um, <laughs> to our podcast no. listeners, he had the he had a, a pen behind his ear the entire segment, and our, our live audience harassed him about it. Yeah, apparently that was uh, you know. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> Brian Burns, he, yeah. like you said, he's probably the best player on both sides of the ball or like of both sides of the ball. He can really get after the quarterback. He is just so he's strong. He is fast. He's got these crazy long arms. Uh, his flexibility kind is something that he really touts. Like, as y'all probably know, or maybe know, every time he sacks a quarterback, he does his Spider-Man impression. That is kind of who he models his game after, if that's even possible. Um, but but Brian does command a lot of attention um, from the offensive line. And the Panthers did go out this past offseason to try to mitigate that and um, signed Justin Houston on the other side mm-hmm. to, to have another pass rusher on the other side. And... Um, and the teams have largely nullified Justin Houston. They've actually found ways to nullify Brian Burns as well. The Vikings did at least. Brian only had, don't have the stats right in front of me, but he only had like maybe a couple tackles, no uh, quarterback hurries or anything like that. So, um, but at the same time, that did open up the window for Etor Gross Matos, who's this guy who didn't, who hasn't really like had 
hasn't really made a bunch of huge splashes in his early career as a Panther, but, um, but that's kind of the Brian Burns effect. If you get two guys looking at Brian, then you got one guy who's kind of one-on-one to make plays for himself. Um, but yeah, that's, that, that's who Brian Burns is. The one thing that y'all might know, might not know Brian Burns earlier this year was kind of in a little bit of a standoff with the Panthers front with the Panthers front office, uh, because he is on his fifth year of his rookie contract and like he really wants to stay in Carolina and he wants his contract to be extended. They ultimately didn't come to any sort of extension agreement, but he is still playing. So, um, so yeah, that's the latest, that's the latest on that. But yeah, Brian Burns is the highlight of this defense and he is consistently good. The question is, teams have kind of figured out how to nullify him at the expense of other players stepping up. So the question is, can other players step up in his stead? Yeah. And I, I don't know one name um, that kept on coming across my timeline during the off season. He kind of became like a darling amongst a lot of NFL heads that I follow, but Frankie Luvu, like, can we, can you talk about how uh, it seemed like everybody was like, man, look at this little like secret sauce that Carolina has with, with their own kind of, um, I don't I don't want to misspeak, but like, just do it all linebacker, like coverage, pass rush, you know, almost kind of Fred Warner-ish maybe. Well, he calling him a little secret is kind of wild because he's a big man. Um, yeah. Is, oh, yeah. And he's a wild man, too. You talk to like his teammates and they will literally use synonyms for wild. They'll use crazy. They'll use like like expletives to explain like how. <laughs> Um, intense Frankie Luvu is, but he, he is a really important fixture of this defense. He can attack. He can, you know, he's a good pass rusher. Like you said, he's good in coverage. Like you said, the defense has kind of gone through a little bit of a crossroads of identity at the moment with a long-term injury to Shaq Thompson. He was the heart and soul of the Panthers defense and he got hurt in Monday night football um, and had to undergo immediate surgery surgery. And, um, you know, and will be gone for a long time. And so, like, Frankie has kind of stepped up into the Shaq Thompson role. Fortunately, they also had a really good reserve to back up Shaq Thompson at that inside linebacker position with Camus Grugier-Hill. So the the linebacking core is actually quite good for the Panthers. And the pass rush on, on paper and through the first, like, two or three weeks of the season was also quite good. Defensive line is also good. You got Derek. You got Derek Brown causing issues. Um, the run def- their run defense isn't um, as bad as the statistics kind of make it make them out to be. Um, this front, these this front of the defense can cause issues. Of course, will it be enough to nullify a great running offense like the Detroit Lions? That's that remains to be seen. But but yeah, Frank, Frankie Lulu is, is a really bright spot, a rare bright spot for um, this Panthers team. Yeah. I'm, I'm, this is why we do these podcasts too, because you know, when I'm doing my own research, I do, I look at the Panthers defense and I see 32nd in run defense DVOA and I love DVOA. Um, but, but sometimes, especially this early in the season, sometimes it can, you know, tell lies, you know, it doesn't, doesn't, or at least doesn't tell the whole story. So um, yeah, I guess just if, if you can kind of expand on, on why you think that the, the Panthers run defense is maybe better than the stats suggest. Yeah. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that the Panthers have been behind mm. for a lot of their games. And obviously when you're behind you teams run the ball, sure. that's, that's, that's one of the, that's one of the suggestions that I have. 
another one is they've played like, I mean, outside of the Saints, they've played teams with decent running games. I mean, Atlanta wanted to run the ball four times, four times, like they didn't even want to punt. They just wanted to run with B. John Robinson and Tyler Al Al Geyer and and whoever. I mean, um, so I think that is also kind of a product of it. But I mean, tackling has been a little bit of of an issue with the Panthers so far this year, but now that at least, at least according to Alex's eyes, the Panthers run defense is not an issue. I know we're going to talk about this in a little bit, but the, the secondary is where the team is most beat up, even though they, and this might be where the stats kind of might go the other way. The, the Panthers secondary is really hurt right now. And they've nullified some really good quarterbacks at, at the moment, but I wonder how long that lasts. Yeah, that's a great, it's a great segue. Cause Jeremy, I, I think you look at, the Panther secondary and, and some of the concerns of injuries, right? JC Horn, um, you got uh, Banks or uh, sorry, Dante Jackson, who um, is also dealing with an injury. So like uh, I'll ask Jeremy, but like, I, I think maybe set the Seattle game to the side a little bit. And and, yeah. and probably that might've been Jared Goff's worst performance um, of the season. I, I think you can maybe make the case that that, that was, um, do you think that maybe this is an opportunity for the lions to kind of, break free, cut it loose and, and let Ben Johnson, you know, call this game for, for golf to throw it all over, over the yard. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the lines always have that threat, right. And, you know, we'll see how much Jameson Williams plays in this game. I don't suspect it's going to be much. Um, we'll see if Amon Ra is going to be fully healthy. I would suspect Amon Ra goes, even though he hasn't practiced in the first two games. Um, but like, yeah, they, they have the weapons certainly. And maybe this is a, a game to get Jameer Gibbs going in, in the receiving game. We haven't seen that in a little bit, but, but yeah, let's, let's kind of talk, toss it over to Alex to, to kind of see maybe where you think this team is vulnerable, given all of the injuries, um, you know, is, is, are the, you know, are they struggling on, on the perimeter or do they struggle up the middle Are the safeties, um, you know, playing well over the top where, where do you think this Panthers defense is either currently playing well or might be vulnerable with all those injuries? I think they will probably be vulnerable. If, if whenever a team has a, like a star wide receiver that the quarterback really relies on, that can really do anything. That is where the Panthers might struggle because like you said, Dante Jackson and JC Horn are the two big time corners for this team. They're pro- like the, uh, someone said the other day, you need four things to have a successful football team, a good quarterback, a good pass rusher, a shutdown corner, and um, a good offensive line. And in theory, they had all that. And they actually were quite deep at a shutdown corner between Horn and, you know, a rotating cast of other guys, but now they're kind of thin there. Um, and actually, in addition to those injuries, it, uh, Dante Jackson is still undetermined if he'll play or not. Right. He, uh, he has a shoulder injury. He was limited in practice. One guy who will not play, or I, I don't mean, mean to make a declarative statement. One guy who probably won't play because he hasn't practiced all week is Xavier Woods, the team's starting safety. Right. So Sam Franklin, the guy who made that um, historic uh, intercept pick six last week. He's actually a reserve safety, which is um, something to think about. But w- but where the secondary is uh, most, where the secondary is has its most shortcomings is probably when uh, a really good receiver, a really large receiver, a really big receiver, kind of like imposes his will. Well, one thing that I found interesting was 
Like, of course, a lot of Falcons fans have made, why aren't, like, why isn't Kyle Pitts getting the ball more? Every time Desmond Ritter looked the way of Kyle Pitts, this big guy who can kind of just, like, tower over um, uh, cornerbacks, a mismatch nightmare, he, he caught the ball. He, he got it. Um, Justin Jefferson, like, did something similar um, last week when Kirk finally just said, screw it, I'm, I'm tossing the ball up. Um, so that is kind of where I, I know that's kind of a vague answer, but I think anytime a receiver kind of has a size advantage that goes into the offense's favor. That's an, it's interesting, right, Ryan? Cause I don't know if the lines necessarily have that guy. Um, that's not really the game that they like to play. So Maybe maybe this is a little bit more evenly matched than than we're thinking. Maybe, At least maybe on that, it, in that matchup. Yeah, maybe it's just a you know runway for Marvin Jones to finally turn things around this season. Um, big body receiver, right? That's right. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's uh, before we get to our prediction portion. Uh, I in your scouting of the Lions' offense versus the Panthers' defense, what's something that you look at and you say that's going to be an issue for the Panthers? Okay, let me pose this question to y'all. How good is Montgomery? He, I, I think he's great. Okay. Way better than the numbers suggest. Yeah. Really? I, yes. And, and offensive coordinator Ben Johnson, I think, put it the best, um, which is like he's playing outstanding. And the fact that, you know, he's he's under four yards of carry is more of a condemnation of, of the offensive line not reaching its full potential right now. And I think that's completely accurate. I think like that, you know, Last week, he had, what, 130 rushing yards against the, the Packers, and uh, I think he also had, like, 119 after contact. Oh, believe me. I had this guy on my bench in fantasy <laughs> Oh, you know. <laughs> okay. What am I doing? Yeah. So that, was, that was one thing I was just like, okay, well, wow. Uh, wow. Uh, and, and, of course, you guys have multiple weapons in your backfield. Right. So that, so I guess that is in my scouting of the Detroit Lions. Um, those those are the kind of things that uh, jump out to me. Another thing is how how often y'all throw out of the play action. Mm-hmm. Um, Jared Goff, like it seems like every time he drops back to throw, he's faking it somewhere. Um, yeah. And that is not. I mean, obviously that means that a lot of things have to build on one another. You have to have a good running game in order for that play action pass to work, et cetera, et cetera. But um, that is the scariest uh, offense in football is when you can do it all. And when you can kind of leverage your skills everywhere. Um, So those are kind of the main things. Uh, Of course, I know Jared Goff back from his um, days out in the West coast um, where he made a Super Bowl appearance. It sounds like he's kind of having a similar or I don't I, I don't know enough about his early career to say that this was similar or not, but it sounds like he's having a, a season two remember. So you you were just on the edge there of saying the Lions are about to have a Super Bowl. I was season. not. I'm you, were, sorry, you were almost Lions there. No, fans. I'm sorry, Lions fans. I know. <laughs> don't don't let yourself overcorrect from the pen in the ear to then calling them. <laughs> you know, a Super Bowl contender. Um, yeah, but no, I'm not about to. You know, Alex, you're not you're not alone. Uh, I, I also left David Montgomery on my bench, but I think most people would considering the guy had a bone bruise and nobody was expecting him to carry the ball 32 times <laughs> on the road against Green Bay. But like, I think that kind of just goes to show like this Lions offensive identity for as much as we might say, hey, this might be the week that they cut it loose and they want to attack the Panther secondary like Dan Campbell. 
he wants to he 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 wants to run the football. He wants to wear people down and and 3.9 yards of carry is plenty as long as you know the defenders on the other side of the you know on the other side of the line of scrimmage have their hands on their knees and and they're sucking wind, you know. So yeah, that's fair. Um all right, let's Let's uh let's go to our prediction segment, which we call the one thing we think we know, where we make a a prediction about the game, not necessarily the prediction about the game or who wins or loses. Just one aspect of the game, which we are pretty certain is going to happen. We like to spice it up a little bit too. Ryan, as is tradition, you go first in the one thing one thing we think we know. So, what is the one thing you think you know about Lions Panthers? Am I allowed to say the one thing I think I know is that I'm probably going to get this wrong because I have not been good at this all year. Pride, been... of, Pride of direct or Pride of Detroit direct plug real quick. Was so wrong on the Jameer Gibbs coming out party last week against Green Bay. But it I feel like it counts because David Montgomery did it and said, but sure. uh, let I, I need to see one go through the hoop. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I need to see one yeah. go through the hoop. So layup. I'm going to do a layup. It's fine. I'm going to say that the Lions cover the spread. And the okay. spread is big, though, right? It's like 10 points is a lot. And yeah. and I can't really recall the last time that the Lions were double digit favorites in a football I can, game. I can tell you it was please 20, do so. It was 2017 and it was wow. against the Cleveland Browns who went 0-16 that year. And the Lions almost lost that game, but then ended up actually covering it either way. Deshaun <laughs> okay. Kaiser. What does that, that say game. about the Carolina Panthers? Wow. Okay. <laughs> If it, of course, if your prediction comes to it. right, that's very true. And I've been very wrong. So, so you know. why did you predict something that would be in the lion's favor like that and jinx it? Alex, you're up next. <laughs> Alex, <laughs> what's the one thing you think, you know, about lions Panthers? Well, I kind of misread that when you, uh, when you first kind of s- tossed this to me, like, Hey, by the way, we do this at the end of the segment, I kind of misread it. And I kind of thought this was a bold prediction. Kind That's of fine. Things. Go. So bold. I'm going to give a bold prediction. I love it. Oh, be okay. more bold than me. Okay. I'm going to give a bold prediction. I'm going to say that Bryce Young throws three touchdown passes. Oh, yes. I still, I, Ryan, I still think that you're correct. I still think the Lions will, um, will cover, uh, so or at least that, that is what, that is what all indications kind of lead to. But I, but like I've been trying to convey all podcasts, like Bryce Young is not far away. From he's one mistake, he's, he's one fumble away, one scoop and score away from having a win on his resume. I mean, uh, he he can improvise. He is figuring out this this NFL thing, um, and of course, if the Panthers are going to score at all, it's not going to be on the ground. So Bryce is going to have to find ways to throw to score with his arm. I'm going to go three touchdown passes. We'll see what happens. That's muy caliente. I don't, Jeremy. How did we not even talk about Bryce Young's mobility in the first segment? I, sometimes you you purposely don't talk about things you don't want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that is that was the pencil behind the ear of predictions. Oh, so y'all didn't like it? Didn't like it. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, Carolina hasn't scored more than twenty points in a game yet, right? No. No, 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 so three no, touchdowns, sure. three touch- touchdowns would hurt a little bit and just hurt the soul a little bit. The, the line, you know, I think Lions fans are thinking that the defense is back. This is a top five defense. And again, this is be, bold. It was. Bold. Yeah, I, I, pre- I, no, misread I, the, I misread the prompts. No, I, I, I do like the boldness and, and you could very well be right. I, I, I'm not I'm not putting that in outside the realm of possibilities because I do think the line secondary is going to be a little beat up. Uh, I and I, I kind of wonder how they're going to cover Thielen in particular without Brian Branch, because. 
probably means Will Harrison. He's not exactly most Lions fans' favorite defensive back out there. Um, so that that could be kind of a mismatch there. Um, but the one thing I think I know about this game is that they will indeed. I'm going to go the opposite direction, say Carolina gets held not only under 20, I'm going to say to 14 or less in this game. Mm. The Lions defense continues to stand on their head. And it, to, to me, it's all about the front seven. Lions front seven has yeah. been playing very, very well. Um, really, the, the linebackers have been playing well all season. The <clears throat> the front four in particular has played really well in the, in the last two weeks. And they've, they've played well in particular against young quarterbacks. You, you get Desmond Ritter last uh, two weeks ago. You get Jordan Love last week. They've really seemed to mess with those guys with the amount of pressure they were bringing. And if they can make Carolina one-dimensional and all statistical analysis seems to think they should be able to, then it seems like it should be mathematically a rough day for Bryce Young. But who knows? Like I said, big the Lions have given up a fair amount of big plays. And so if, if Carolina yeah. can kind of break that seal, I know they haven't been able to do it yet. Uh, if they can break that seal on, on Sunday, then then we could be in for a shootout. And you know what? I'm down with that. Let's 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 score some points. Yeah, let's let's give some Alex to write or let's give Alex something to write about. Let's do <laughs> That's <it>. right. Uh, <laughs> all right, Alex, uh, before we let you go, I, I always like to let you guys promote about um, where they can find you. Maybe anything that you're writing that Lions fans might be interested in, all that sort of stuff. The floor is yours. Okay, well, firstly, this has been so much fun, guys. Thank you for inviting me, and thank you for giving the Charlotte Observer this platform. I'm Alex Zetlow. You can find me on Twitter or X or whatever at, at AlexZetlow05. That's A-L-E-X-Z-I-E-T-L-O-W-05. Um, and then, and then yeah, just uh, visit charlotteobserver.com, support local journalism. Uh, I will be boots on the ground in Detroit at oh. Ford field. And so I will be um, writing about all the uh, uh, try to find stories that'll make people laugh, cry, think whatever the <laughs> Panthers will make these fans do. And so, yeah, again, thank you so much for this podcast. It's been fun. Of course. Yeah. And uh, if I, if I see you there on Sunday, I'll, I'll shake your hand and I'm going to pre apologize for the food spread. It's uh, it's going to be breakfast and it's going to be mediocre. Yo, actually that's so funny that you bring that up. Um, we were talking about this. This is some media talk, I guess, but we were talking about this and we were just like, why don't more teams kind of serve a brunch sort of selection? I mean, do I really want brisket at 11 AM in the morning? Uh, personally I do because I love brisket. (laughs) This is something that other people have brought up. And so I'm looking forward to the the brunch special continental breakfast headed your way Sunday afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) All right. With that, we're going to call it. Uh, Thank you all for listening. Thanks to Alex. Thanks to Ryan as always. And thank you all for listening until next time. It's chaos. Be kind. Be kind.